The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Welcome. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and boy, do we have a program and topic for you today, listening to the living. Now, Percy, what do you mean by that? It's an important statement, and again, it's something for us to understand. Uh, in many cases, in our busy culture, in our world, we're talking to people, and we may hear them, but are we really listening to people? Uh, I see. And there's a difference. Listening is a skill. It's an art form. It's part of effective communication. It's not really doing much talking. It's not really injecting much. It, it's allowing the individual that you are conversing with to openly and honestly be able to express themselves and give them permission to open up to you. So Lawanda Long will be our guest that you'll hear from in just a moment. Now, when we talk with Lawanda, she has received training called CPE. What is CPE? Yeah, CPE is Clinical Pastoral Education. Okay. And in the clinical world, uh, for those who are participating in ministry, Wayne, and this is going to be interesting to our audience, uh, there are some coursework that you can do called clinical pastoral education that really helps you to understand from a clinical perspective how to apply uh, the principles of ministry uh, at the bedside in a clinical environment, which is very different than in, inside of your local church, to be perfectly frank and yeah. honest about it. Well, she is well-trained, and she has a big heart for what she does. We'll meet Lawanda in just a moment. Let's open our program with some scripture of thoughts. Yeah, our spiritual nugget for today is found in 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, verses 5 and 6, that basically helps us to understand today's conversation. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but by the Spirit, for the letter killeth, but the Spirit gives life. I love the way you emphasize those words. Well, we're going to... They're, gonna, they're full gonna, of meaning, aren't they? And they are, and they're going to really come to life when we when we unpack uh, the, the conversation today with LaWanda on how important those letters and those words are. Well, if well, you if are you know. on a cancer journey or a loved one is on that journey, you are impacted greatly. It's a life-altering experience, and a daily dose of inspiration can significantly impact your outlook and help equip you for your cancer journey. So with that in mind... We've created a resource. It's called Inspirational Thoughts for Cancer Patients. You can download this right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. When we come back, we'll meet our guest on today's program. So stay tuned to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease, evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic medicine, along with pastoral care to help maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies 
to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits. Once again, welcome to today's edition of Health, Hope, and Inspiration. That's our website. If you'd like to go there right now, look for resources, including inspirational thoughts for cancer patients, available as a free download. HealthHopeAndInspiration.com. Here once again is our host, Percy McRae. Well, with me today is Reverend LaWanda Long, who is a chaplain at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Noonan, Georgia. And we're just so excited to have you with us today, sister. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you, Reverend McCray. I'm well, glad to be here. Well, it's good to have you. And thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. You are in a capacity and profession that's near and dear to my heart, obviously, from a healthcare perspective, and that's the role of chaplaincy. And of course, I started out in uh, the healthcare field. 20 plus years ago as a chaplain as well. So I have a fond appreciation for that profession and discipline. Um, we're going to talk about chaplaincy or spiritual care and support with cancer and patients and caregivers. But before we do that, how did you, how did you become a chaplain? How did the path of chaplaincy choose you? Maybe that's, is a better question. That's, that's a great question. Um, in my first life, I was an industrial engineer. Um, and I chose that because I really want to be people oriented and so um, at one point, um, the company that my uh, former husband was with was a Fortune 500 company. We went global. And so when we went overseas, uh, at that point, they wouldn't let both of us have work visas. So I followed my heart, which I knew in my early 20s that I was calling to ministry. Okay. I just knew that. But I didn't know what to do with that. I'm an sure. engineer. And, you know, like, what do you do with that? Yeah, engineering, <laughs> ministry. Let's, how do we work those yeah. together? Right. So we go down to Caracas, Venezuela, and I get involved with Women's Aglow, which is an international Bible studies yes. group. And I became uh, one of the teachers. And in that group, it was people came from all over the world. And so the one thing we had in common, first, we all could speak English. Okay. <laughs> that was the common factor. And we were all expats from our different countries. So I think we were very humbled in that particular situation. So I began to teach, I don't know, it must have been 50 women uh, every week in this particular organization. And with that in mind, um, I, I I think God gave me the courage. He was showing me what I was being called to do. So I I began to minister to um, people who were in, not in their homes, but in a different place, feeling a sense of loss. And what got us grounded was the love of God and the word. So I, I taught that class maybe five years. We went through coup d'etats. We went through a lot of things together okay. as an international group. And, and, what, and we wanted to be a good citizens in, in another land. So just the, the Bible just become, became just uh, alive for us. It wasn't just something you just went to church. We had to live it out. And, we, and, and I, in my heart, I, I knew that God was trying to tell me life was more than what I saw in the United States, that he loved everybody. Okay. He loved everybody from every country, every creed, every color, every language. Mm. So it opened every my culture. world. Every culture. So we went from there. We went to Germany. We, we lived a lot of places with um, with this particular Fortune 500 company. Come back to the United States, and, and I get the courage to um, – answer my call. I, we get to Georgia and my pastor tells me, he said, I know you've been calling to the ministry. I'm like, no, I'm all right. Okay. <laughs> I can just be behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And, um, unfortunately my marriage fell. And when that fell, it's like, I saw the Lord hmm. and I said, yes. And I went to Emory, got my master's in divinity. Um, and I knew then I wanted to go into, I found about hospital chaplaincy while I was in seminary. Okay. I hadn't even heard about it. I just, yep. 
you know, I think sometimes when you hit a hard place, um, when you feel like your back is against the wall, sure. um, it's, it's, it's like I found my voice and, and I wanted to, um, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm older. So I think in the first part of your life, you know, you kind of chase your dreams mm-hmm. and make money, but your latter part of your life, I think spirituality becomes very clear that um, I didn't want to leave this earth without answering uh, what was really driving me on the inside. Got it. So at some point you already made money, you've already made a name. So who cares about that? Yeah. So now let's get to the real thing. Exactly. So when I was at Emory, I didn't want to graduate. I mean, I, I loved every moment of seminary because it, it challenges your, your faith traditions. Sure. And it, it almost kind of deconstructs what you think about life yeah. and then hopefully build you back up. Right. So it was wonderful for me. And um, so I loved it. If I had more money, I would have gone and got my PhD. Gotcha. I got my master's and came out and went hospital chaplaincy. Loved it. I did CPE. I did my uh, internship at Emory uh, Midtown. And then I went to the VA and did my residency for okay. a year. So, so you, did your, you did your homework. I did my homework. So it unpacked some of my stuff. And I think that's the beautiful thing about hospital chaplaincy. We've got to make sure that we've already done our self-check. Yep. So that when we come into a room, we won't do harm to a patient. So I had to learn it quickly. And I realized being a, uh, living all over the world, meeting different people from different cultures, had prepped me for it because you really don't have time to say, I need to know you for two years before we become friends. Got it. you got to be able to assess quickly, do a spiritual assessment, and be able to move and hit the main points. That's what I learned from being in CPE and traveling the world. It's interesting. And, and again, I've obviously I've talked to many chaplains and had uh, many engaging conversations with chaplains being in the field for as long as I have. Yeah. And one of the interesting things, and, and maybe another show for another day, we can have this conversation, sure. is that what, what I've heard and learned, uh, even within myself, you're right. You you have to unpackage some of your own stuff sure. Sure, sure. because when you're really trying to engage and mm-hmm. support people mm-hmm. who are in many cases, some cases dealing with uh, the possibility of life and death, sure. you get challenged within your own sense of who you are, what right. you think, what right. you believe. Right. And if you don't have that resolved within yourself, you really can't support other people exactly. in a meaningful way. Exactly. Exactly. Why cancer? Okay, we mm. we we go Venezuela, South America. Mm. We got the women's aglow. Yeah. Okay, we fast forward. You end up basically serving yeah. cancer patients. Yeah. What what's happening there? What have you learned? What's going on with the cancer community? Mm. Uh, I have to say that that sort of found me uh, when I finished my CPE and graduated. I did hospice chaplaincy. And one thing I said, boy, I said the hardest case were the cancer patients because I can get a person uh, who may get on hospice and two weeks later may have gone Mm -hmm. because of cancer. I kept thinking that's the hardest. And God drew me to this most difficult case. And this is is the lesson I had to learn is no, no matter how difficult... The thing that we I learned was to press through all kind of difficulties to seek the Lord in everything. And that's what I feel like God has taught me over my over this last 30 years. And so when he told me I had need to do cancer, he said, I really want you to make sure that you let folks see uh, hope, let them see life, let them see um, that cancer is not the center that they are. And so I, I think... Just my me coming in as authentic as I can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm hoping I gave other people the courage for them to be authentic as well. And so, cancer is has become when you say the word, people just even strong faith or people who have strong spirituality can almost uh, get off center and they lose 
all balanced. I felt that when I lived overseas, initially you're trying to learn a new language, everything. And when you go on a cancer journey, you learn a new language, you're in a whole new field. And what I learned was I can learn a new language. Mm. I can um, not reinvent myself, but I can definitely reposition myself. I mean, life has a way of um, of pushing you forward. Sure. So I had to learn to cooperate with things I need to cooperate with and then say say what's okay and what's not okay. And what's not okay is for me to give up. I, and so that's why I, I try to teach and, and um, provide to my cancer patients and their families. And so I think one thing I noticed with folk who who um, going through cancer is that they have a, a great radar of picking up on things that's not authentic. No one wants to be... Um, perceive as, oh, you poor thing. I feel so sorry for you. They don't want to be patronized. No one does. And it's it's demeaning. And so I I learned, for instance, I live overseas. I may not could speak German when we lived in Germany, but I was still a full functioning person. I could learn German. And so I didn't want someone to look down on me. So same for cancer patients. So, so we learn the language together. We walk together and, and to hear their story. And when people can tell you their story, they can tell you their life experiences and you become a good listener to me, that's helping to revive them and get them back centered. That's what I do as a chaplain. God has taught me how to be a good listener because it's so much, it's so holy when you have a conversation with another being. And so I, I try to sit in that space to listen and to hear their heart and to remind them they're not alone. How do you step through that with people? How do you how do you have authentic engagement to help people get centered? Uh, I, I I think for me is to um, first of all I do my ho- own homework about myself. I think I have to be authentic to myself, knowing that I'm not perfect. I'm not I'm not someone's judge. I'm not someone's critic. Um, and so I, I go ease on myself just to be. I think it takes great courage from just to be. So when I walk into a room with another person, uh, I, I don't come in with preconceived notions to say, okay, this person has cancer, so therefore I need to do this. I come in and I remember I'm talking to a person, mm-hmm. period. And I want to get to know them. And I, and I want to, um, to hear their story. So sometimes we may not even talk about the cancer. We talk about things they like to do, what lifts their spirits we talk about their kids. We talk about their spouses. Again, a genuine investment in them as a person. Exactly. And 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 what I notice is that because I've done my homework on me, I may not have to say cold words about, you know, mm-hmm. what's your faith, all mm-hmm. those things that kind of drives a, a wedge between people. I think they see that I'm authentic. So when they see that, it gives them permission to be authentic. You'd be surprised when I show up. Mm. <laughs> Okay. It helps someone else to show up. And and conversely, it's yes. the same way. So, um, okay. Yeah. I think the theme of the show is showing up and being authentic. Yeah. Helps people to get grounded. Yeah. How yeah. Did, do you have an example of a story that maybe how that has happened? And if you don't, that's okay. This one particular story, um and this was uh, when I walked in the room and and I think initially I had sometimes as chaplains we hear some of the backstories in terms of the medical. Sure. And I think I, I I was kind of overwhelmed knowing that this was a difficult time for this particular patient. And when I walked in, they, they could smell that I was feeling sympathy. And all of a sudden they were like, and I, and they said, no, don't do that. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm been, <laughs> I'm not being, um, the chaplain I should be. So I, I said, okay, tell me what's going on. That always opens it up versus me telling me coming in, what I think what's going on. Right, so they're said, drive, you let them drive right. the bus. So I, I asked the particular gym, I said, tell me what's going on. 
And he began to not talk about cancer. He began to talk about his life. He said, I want you to know about me. Mm. He talked about, I think he was a um, college football player. He began to tell me his life. And I realized that's what he wants to be remembered by, not that I'm struggling my body. And he, he went step by step, his whole life story. And so as I listened and I realized the power of the end of life sometimes, that it takes great courage to even sit and listen. It takes great courage to tell it. So when he began to tell me his story, uh, the next time I saw him, he had it typed. And not only did he have it typed out, he sent it to the oncology, sent it to everybody. Wow. And, you know, and later on when he passed away, we realized what he was doing, the power of just telling his story. So I think he he knew that I was beginning to feel a little sorry, but I had to stop that and um, and to stay in that space. So so basically you empowered him to be to feel free to to to, to give his authentic right. sense of who he was. Right. Right. And right. at the end of the day, really, right. it wasn't about you doing anything right. or being sympathetic. Right. It was being authentic yeah. and hearing and giving him permission to be who he was exactly. and to share that story. Exactly. exactly. Um, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross says we need to listen to the dying. Um, I, I, for me, I would say we need to listen to the living because it's all about living. And when we do um, move on to wherever the next life may be, that we're outliving this 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 body. Yes. So I think a lot of times we're not listening. And so I think if I had not opened up to listen, he would have stopped talking. Got it. And so that that was we get sometimes just one window of opportunity to really hear before people clamp, you know, shut down. And uh, that day, uh, I, I, I realized when he opened up, I, I I hope I gave him the courage not just to open up to me, like I said, to uncaution his family. And so he he got his life back. Wow. He lived fully. So Reverend Lawanda Long encouraging people to live their life and to share who they are and right. to be authentic in that. We thank you You're as so a welcome. chaplain at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Noonan, Georgia. Be blessed and be well. Continue to empower people to tell their authentic story. Thank you. Thank you, Percy. And thank you, Lawanda. What a great ministry folks like Lawanda have. And good to hear about it here today on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. That's our website. If you'd like to go there right now, you can download a free document called Inspirational Thoughts for Cancer Patients. Go to healthhopeandinspiration.com. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Percy McRae about listening to the living. That's next on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease, evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic medicine, along with pastoral care to help maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. 
Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits. Back with you on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepard with Percy McRae. We've got a lot to talk about after your conversation with LaWanda. Authenticity is the key word I picked up on. Absolutely. Authenticity and the ability to understand the difference between listening versus hearing. Patients know the difference. Patients know the difference. Patients can sense when you are not authentic. Patients can sense when you are not really listening to them. And so in the heightened state of, of, of a cancer patient who is working through the uh, dilemma and the, the struggles of life and death and what's happening to them, their senses are very acute. And so we need to be aware and mindful of the difference of listening versus hearing and making sure that we are bring, bringing our authentic self to the conversation. And you don't have to be a chaplain to know this. This is for all of us. No. And as a matter of fact, the point of this show, Wayne, as you well know, we've committed our time and energy in educating individuals so that they can effectively go out right where they are right now today. Someone's listening to me that has a family or a friend or someone that has cancer where you can apply these principles mm-hmm, today. Mm-hmm. We need to show up. We need to show up and we need to be present. And and we can't just rely upon the chaplains at the bedside of a hospital. As a matter of fact, this is going to require all of us in our community and our environment to really meet the need of cancer patients everywhere. Yeah, we've got a couple of minutes here. Take us back to that scripture you opened the program with, and let's talk about that a bit. Again, our spiritual nugget for the day, and it's, it is apropos for what we are talking about and what we've discussed, is found in 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, verses 5 and 6. And it says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. And it's important to remember, uh, we're not smart enough. We're not uh, cute enough. We're not, you know, there our sufficiency is going to come from the wisdom of the spirit of God who will teach us in verse six, who has also made us able ministers of the new Testament, not of the letter, but by the spirit for the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. The spirit of God is going to help us to understand how to be more sensitive, how to be a good listener, how to be effective in our communication and understanding the genuineness of the person sitting in front of us so that we can be genuine and authentic while we sit in front of them. I think we all need to read those scripture verses before we ever visit someone who's on a cancer journey. It gives you it gives you a perspective that you're, you're not doing this in your own power. Well, again, the thing to remember, Wayne, ministry, and that's what we've been talking about, but ministry is not just limited to the guy or the gal standing behind the podium on the platform. We are all ministers of the gospel. If we've received the grace, the love, and the forgiveness of God, we have been called to be ministers. The word minister means one who serves. Even though we feel inadequate? Even though we feel inadequate. And that's why this scripture is so important because it's helping us to understand. Let's understand that our efficiency or or our sense of adequacy is not coming from us. It comes from God. It comes from the spirit of God. It's part of the gifting of of receiving the new birth, that there are things that God by his spirit is going to enable us to do that we in and of ourselves cannot do by ourselves. And when we rely upon that, then we allow the spirit of God to work through us to become able servants. That's what the word minister is, one who serves or one who is a servant. And you have a front row seat to seeing this happen all the time. Absolutely. And again, I want to encourage and challenge everyone listening to us today that you are required to show up and 
not sit on the sideline. You don't necessarily have to go to a class or to somebody's Bible college, but there are some practical things even within the context of what we're talking about today and even with regard to our resource that we have available. Yeah, wherever you are on your cancer journey or maybe you are a caregiver, the message is clear. We don't want you to give up. We are delighted to provide this collection of inspiring quotes and scriptures that we feel will inject fresh hope into your spirit and bless you to be a blessing to others. And that's what we're talking about today, showing up and being a blessing. Absolutely. Showing up, being a blessing. Understand that ministry is spelled L-I-S-T-E-N. Listen, (laughs) it's also spelled W-O-R-K, work. It is Uh going to require some things of you, and this resource is going to equip you to do that. So as uh, as you get ready to go visit someone or be an encouragement to someone today, why don't you download this resource from our website? It's called Inspirational Thoughts for Cancer Patients. It's available at healthhopeandinspiration.com. It's a beautifully designed and easy to use Inspirational Thoughts for Cancer Patients, and you can get it right now. Hey, thanks for listening. Percy, thank you. We'll see you next time. Listen, blessings, peace, and love. We'll see you next time. On Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease, evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic medicine, along with pastoral care to help maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits.